today we're going to take a look at the farewell addresses of Moses and Joshua. There's some striking parallels and some things that are still, I believe, important for us to follow. Are you ready? Let's go. Hey, we are approaching the end of 2023. It's amazing. It just seems like the year started um, just yesterday. (laughs) There has been a lot that has occurred in 2023. I mean, so much. But as we are ending this year and about to enter a new year, we need to be reminded that God is with us and he's going to go before us. And so today I want to talk about an incident with Moses or an episode, whatever you want to call it. When Moses is told by God that it's time for him to take his rest, that he is not going to accompany or lead the children of Israel into the promised land. Now you can find this in Deuteronomy chapter 31. I'm just going to summarize it for you because I have some some other uh, direction in mind and some points I want to share with you today. Now he told them that he wasn't going, but he reassured them or he offered them some comfort by saying that the Lord himself was going to go and that Joshua also would be uh, ahead of them. He's the new leader, if you will. So Moses encourages the people. He tells them, be strong and courageous. He told them to obey the commands. He told them, do not be afraid or terrified. He was talking about other people in the land that they were entering. He just reassured them that God was going to be with them and that he would never leave them or forsake them. Now, that's what he told the people, the community at large. And then he calls Joshua up, who's taking the helm. He's going to be the lead. And he says to Joshua, essentially the same thing. He tells him to be strong and courageous for you must go with these people into the land that the Lord swore to their ancestors to give them. And he was going to be the one that divided them, um, the land rather, as their inheritance. Now he encouraged Joshua by letting him know too that the Lord was going before him and that the Lord would be with him and that he would never forsake him or leave him. He said, do not be afraid. And he said, do not be discouraged. Now I found that to be interesting because Moses spoke that to the community at large. So everybody heard it. And then he spoke it individually in front of the community at large to Joshua. Yeah, I mean, I want you to see that God is speaking even still to us as a nation as a whole, but also individually, right? To not be afraid, to not be discouraged that God will be with us. Now we are entering 2024, which is a new year. We don't know what that year holds, but whatever it is, God is with us and we've got to trust that he goes before us. Y'all making rough, smooth, than a crooked straight. We've got to believe that and hold on to that. Now that's what Moses in essence was saying to the Israelites. 
Now in this 31st chapter of Deuteronomy, we see in verses 12 through 13 that Moses assembles the people and he has this purpose. And this purpose is them for the hear for them to hear the word of God. He wanted them to learn to fear the Lord so that they can follow carefully all the words of the law. You know, we don't get that nationally now is the hearing of the word of God. As a matter of fact, it's censored and people are coming against the word of God. We are told in the book of Amos that there will be a famine and this famine will be for the word of God because it won't be spoken. People really don't want to hear it. But look at Moses. Moses gathered the people together to hear the word. And y'all, there's emphasis placed on the children knowing God's word and learning to revere him. You know, we need to try to get back to some of those values and beliefs, stressing the importance of hearing the word of God, because God's word is the only word that sustains. It's the truth. It doesn't fail. It won't falter. You know, uh, not one of God's promises or one of his words fails. Okay. So that was important for Moses. And this is a leader that's leaving the scene, but he is stressing the importance of revering God, knowing his word and in everyone being brought up in the knowledge of the Lord. Now, if we go down to verses 14 through 29 in this 31st chapter of Deuteronomy, we'll see where God tells Moses to call Joshua and for them to present themselves at the tent of meeting. This is the place where God commissioned Joshua. God showed up, y'all. He showed up in a pillow of a cloud and he said to Moses that he was going to go take his rest with his ancestors. But notice what he said to Moses. He said, these people will soon prostitute themselves to foreign gods of the land they are entering. God said they will forsake and break my covenant I made with them. And in that day, I will become angry with them and forsake them, hide my face from them, and they will be destroyed. He said many disasters and calamities would come on them. And in that day, they will ask, have not these disasters come on us? because our God is not with us? Wait a minute. Now, God has called Moses and Joshua into the tent of meeting so that he can commission Joshua for the work that uh, he has for him to do. But in that meeting, God reveals to Moses, look, these people gonna turn against me. These people are going to forsake me and they're going to break this covenant that I have with them. God had just told Moses and Moses told the people, he said that the Lord will be with you. He will not forsake you. He will not abandon you. But now we see where God says that, oh, I will become angry with them and forsake them. I'm going to hide my face from, from them and they will be destroyed. But it isn't God who broke the commandment. The people did. They did it first. He says they're going to break my commandment. And as a result, you know, this, this doesn't please God. It upsets him, especially when he has been faithful to the people and has blessed them. And 
you know, he's he he won't. He'll keep his word. If you stay with him, he'll stay with you. But if you leave him, there's no recourse. What else is there? You're rejecting him. And so God already knows that the people will do this. And so he tells it to Moses, right? And this, y'all, y'all can read this in verse number 20 in this 31st chapter. So, you know, I'm thinking, you know, we we do this too, but pay attention. He says they're going to do this after they enter this promised land, this new land, and they are full. They're eating whatever they want and they are thriving, y'all. They're, they're no more issues. There are no more problems, you know, in the sense of, you know, they were in the wilderness, right? And they have food that they wanted, but they were provided for, which, you know, we can talk about that a little bit later. But what God is saying is as soon as they get to this place of satisfaction, then they neglect him. They turn away from him. Y'all think about it. Have you done that? Is, is that something you've done? Is that something um, when you got to a place or status in life where you forgot all about God? Forgive us, Lord, for this trans- transgression because, you know, we have neglected neglected God when we have secured or obtained the things in life we think we won't. And notice that they're only momentary because they can only satisfy for a little while. God satisfies indefinitely. So Moses then after this meeting with God and Joshua in the tent of meeting, he goes in verse 27 and he says to the people, he says, I know how rebellious and stiff necked you are. You know, they've been this way since Moses met him. He says, you've been this way all the time I've been with you. You've been this way with me. And he says, I know it's going to be worse. You know, paraphrasing after I go off the scene. So look, Joshua was inheriting not a people that were easy to lead, but Joshua was inheriting a people that complained, grumbled, and murmured, a people that were vacillating between faith and fear, uh, between hope and doubt, you know? So it was no easy assignment for him. And so that's why God wanted the people to know, even after Moses left the scene, that I'm going to be with you. Stay with me. Remember last week, I talked about remaining. Jesus says that in the New Testament. God is saying it in, in this Old Testament with Moses and the Israelites. Stay with me. Stay with me. Do not break the covenant. I'm going to be with you. But hey, we already know what we know that they did. So the thing that when I was reading this, I was thinking about how responsible Moses was bringing the people together and encouraging them in the new thing. Even if he wasn't going to be there, he was encouraging them to stay with the Lord. And it made me think about Joshua because Joshua, you know, took the position after Moses and Joshua was under the tutelage of Moses. He learned a lot under Moses. Also, he was there. He was on that mountain when uh, Moses was with God. He was covered in the clouds too. And God had selected Joshua for this assignment. Notice Joshua did not apply for it. He didn't beg for this uh, position to lead the Israelites, but God had selected and chosen him to do it. Now, 
Joshua. It's a good book. Y'all need to read it, but we're going to pick it up in the 23rd chapter. So Joshua too gives a farewell address to his people and he's about to go and take his rest. So what he does is he calls the people together and he reminds them of all that God has done for them. He reminds them to be very strong. He reminds them to be careful to obey all that was written in the book of the law of Moses without turning from it, from the left or to the right. He also told them to be careful to love the Lord. This is Joshua, y'all, the 23rd chapter. Now in verse number 12, he issued a caution about turning away and allying themselves with other nations. He told them that God had kept his promises. You know, he said, God, every good promise God made, he fulfilled. And he said, God kept his promises. But in verse 16, he says, if you violate the covenant of the Lord, your God, which he commanded you and go and serve other gods and bow down to them, then the Lord's anger is going to burn against you and you will quickly perish from the good land he has given you. He's in, he's talking about the importance of obeying God, remaining with God, not looking over at that grass thinking that it's greener and better. And so you want to go and you want to graze in that field. No, he's saying stay with God. God is the covenant keeper and he is the one that has been blessing you and prospering you, okay? So Joshua was reminding the people of that. So in chapter 24, Joshua has called them together again, presenting themselves before God. And now he's telling them what the Lord is said. So the Lord took them on this historical journey of their relationship with him. He told them about how, look, your forefathers worshiped other gods. You know, he was talking about Terah. He was the father of Abraham and Nahor. But God took Abraham from the land beyond the river and led him throughout Canaan and gave him many descendants. See, God saw something in Abraham and he used Abraham to be the one um, who would worship him and serve him and that a nation of people will come out of him that will be devoted to him. He can bring people out of situations that uh, they don't revere and honor him. And then they do become those who revere and honor him. So God also tells the people through Joshua that he spoke through Moses and Aaron. He tells them, he reminds them about how he struck the Egyptians with all kinds of plagues. And even when he freed Israel from Egyptian captivity and Pharaoh and his army pursued, the Israelites cried out to God, hey, and God handled that situation. He helped them, Pharaoh and the entire army drowned in the Red Sea. God even reminded them when Balak summoned Balaam to curse Israel, but God would not have that be. All right. So if God be for you, what? 
who can be against you? So God also said that he had given them a land in which they did not toil and cities they did not build. He said, and you live in them and you eat from the vineyards and the olive groves that you did not plant. Y'all, let's put a pen right there for a second. What a difference it makes to have God in your life. Look, it makes a world of difference. We got to remember the Israelites had been enslaved. They were freed, but they were freed to wander. And even in the wandering in the wilderness, they were being provided for. God provided them bread from heaven, but yo, they didn't like that. No, they didn't. They grew tired of it. They called it manna. What is it? They said, what is this? It was boring to them. They didn't know what to do with it. They longed for the food that they had over in captivity, even though they forgot they had to make their own bricks and the hard labor that they had to endure and that they didn't have the freedoms they thought they had. But look at God. If God is for you, who can be against you? All right. If you remain with God, then there are blessings that's going to abound to you because God keeps his promises. Now, these people, these Israelites who had been in captivity in Egypt, who had wandered 40 years in the desert, now they're in the promised land where God has driven out the residents and they now have possession of of cities they did not build. They now have possession of a land they did not toil for. And now they have abundance in the vine. You know what I mean? They could eat whatever they wanted to eat from the vineyards and the olive groves. And they did not plant it. Y'all, what a difference it makes to have God in your life. You got to have him. If he be for you, who can be against you? So after this entire reminder that God gives the people, he tells Joshua, or I should say Joshua tells the people to fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. He tells them to throw away the gods of their forefathers and serve him. But he says, if this seems undesirable, if this is something you don't want to do, then choose for yourself this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your forefathers or the gods of uh, the Amorites. But he says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Y'all better listen to what Joshua says. Joshua is letting us know that this is a personal choice. It's not a decision by committee. He said, decide for yourselves. Because he says, I'm going to declare to you today that regardless of your decision, me and mine, we going to serve the Lord. Is that your declaration? That's mine too. So the people, you know, they say, yeah, we're not going to forsake the Lord. He's done all this stuff for us. And that's what they felt. That's what they believed in the moment. Y'all remember Peter, right? Peter thought the same thing. He said that he would never de deny Christ, but he did. And Christ told him he would do it and he would do it three times before the rooster 
even crow. Y'all can read all about that in Matthew 26, Mark 14, and John chapter 13. Look, God already knew that these people would deny him. He had told it to Moses and Joshua heard it. So Joshua is bringing it back to their attention. God knew it. God knew the people would reject him. And I thank God, and you should too, that God knows and he puts in place a plan for us um, to hear his word, to still have hearts that are receptive to his word, that he has sent his son, Jesus, to be the savior of the world. We need to thank God, y'all. We need to remain with him too. Let me get to where I really want to get to. So the people, Joshua said, no, y'all not going to serve the Lord. He knew that because that's what God had said. He said, you're going to forsake him. He says, but if you do, you're going to bring disaster on yourself. Um, and, and God will, you know, forsake you and bring this disaster even after he's been so good to you. But the people kept on insisting, no, we will serve the Lord. So Joshua just said, okay. You said it. Your words will be your witness. Listen, our words will be our witness. And so, you know, read all about that in Joshua 24 verses 21 through 24. So Joshua agreed with the people and he told them to throw away the foreign gods that were among them, yield their hearts to God. And the people said that they would. Now, there's no indication at this point that they actually did it. Okay, that they actually threw away their idols. There was no bonfire of the burning of the uh, idols. They, they said they would. Then Joshua ends his farewell address with a covenant. Now, why did I go through all of that? I went through all of that because God's instruction stands. What are his instructions? Serve, worship, revere him above all. As we are ending 2023, about to approach 2024, let us remember this. Serve God, worship God, revere him above all. Remember, be strong, be courageous, do not fear do not be discouraged regardless of what's ahead, regardless of what's pursuing you. We need to be firmly rooted and grounded in what God has said because his promises he will fulfill. No good word of his will ever go unfulfilled. God is a promise keeper. He is true to his word. Remember, his word doesn't go back to him void. God does not lie. He doesn't need to repent. So be strong in the Lord. What does that mean? That means that we need to have confident assurance in him. That's having that hope. It says that we are not to be afraid or full of fear. Why? Because fear debilitates. It paralyzes. It causes one to say negative things, uh, fear-filled words. It causes us to say opposite of what God has said. Fear robs you of hope. It robs you of your trust in God. It robs you of your confident stance or expectation in God. It removes your focus off of God to yourself or to the problem. So look, do not be fearful. 
Do not be fearful, okay? But be encouraged. Let's not lose our hope. You know, I had to look this up. There are at least 10, at least 10 times in scripture where be strong and courageous are mentioned. And four times to Joshua, it was uh, mentioned. And you already know, I'm sure you heard about fear is mentioned 365 times in the Bible. Why? Because God wants us every day to know not to fear. Remember, God is with us. He's with you. He won't leave you. He won't abandon you. There is though this tendency for us to forsake God. It's a tendency for us to abandon him. And you know, this doesn't please God. This is disappointing. This is angering to God. And the one who blesses us so abundantly and exponentially, we ought to have a response of appreciation and gratitude with faithfulness to him and to him alone. God promises he won't leave us. You know, he won't but we leave him. Let's work on that. Let's not leave God. Whenever we are missing God's presence, whenever we're missing God's voice in our lives, go back and reflect. Hey, when was the last time I heard from God? Where was I? Revisit that place. Reconnect. Confess your sin. Confess that you left. Confess that you abandoned your post. Confess that you abandoned prayer, that you abandoned fellowship and relationship with God. The Bible tells us that if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us of, of all unrighteousness. God is forever and always willing to accept his people back into his care, into his good graces. Y'all, he said he won't leave you. Okay, he won't forsake you. He will welcome you back. So what else do we need to see from this? Now, what we need to see is that there is this choice. Remember, it's a decision to stay with God. Y'all decide to stay with God decide it. Don't seek counsel from your friend to see if you should stay with God. Don't just do what you think others are doing. This is not a decision by committee. This is a decision that is individual. The choice is yours. It's personal. It doesn't matter if your mother, your father, your brother, your sisters are people that are close to you are doing it. This decision has eternal implications, okay? Joshua informed them that their decision would not affect his. Y'all gotta be that way too. You may lose some friends. You may lose some relationships within family when you make this decision, but you gotta make this decision to remain with God. Remain with him. It's the best thing that you can ever do. And also, before we close this, I do want to remind you that you have to think about what you're committing to, right? And the and the cost. My dad used to tell me, never say never. And the the Israelites were adamant with Joshua that they would never forsake God. And we know they did. In the book of Judges, we read that you know, they had no king and everybody did whatever they wanted to do. You know, they did what they thought was right in their own eyes, which was wrong when we're left to our own devices. And so that shows that they did not keep the 
the uh, covenant or the words that they said that they wouldn't abandon God. Y'all, we're the same way. We neglect God in so many ways and we have to be careful to never say never. Pray that you won't do those things. And when you do miss the mark, you know, ask the Holy Spirit to show you the error of your ways so that you can confess your sin and get it right with God. I know when my dad told me never say never because you never know what you're going to do in certain situations. I was adamant and said, well, I'll never do that. You know, it's what I said to him. Well, y'all, I must confess, I did do it. And soon as I did it, like Peter, I remembered the words of my father. All right. So I'm saying to you today, stay with God, y'all. Hook up with him. Get you some friends that's connected to him and stay with God. Heavenly Father, we thank you today that you have given us your word, that you will never leave us nor forsake us. We're praying, Lord God, that you help us to remain with you and stay with you. Don't abandon you. And when we do error, help us, Lord God, to come quickly to you confessing our sin. And we know that you're faithful. You're just to forgive us and cleanse us, Lord, and accept us back to you. We thank you, Father God, for showing us your love and loving us, Father, without condition. All right, y'all. This has been your daily dose. And remember, a daily dose of God's word is good for the soul. Be blessed.